0: How much of your MBA do you think contributed to your role right now?
1: I couldn't have got it if I didn't have it. Welcome to the MBA Jam podcast with your host, Avinash Bajaj.
0: Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the MBA Jam. Today I'm joined by someone who has had a very inspiring and adventurous career. Today's guest is Doc McCurr. Doc started his journey as an officer in the British Army, and after spending seven years in the Army, Doc became the very first person to walk 1,650 kilometers solo across the Great Himalaya Trail before completing an MBA at Cranfield School of Management. After graduating, Doc was an independent consultant before becoming an Executive Development Director at Cranfield which is what he does now.
1: Doc, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Welcome, I'm glad to be here.
0: (laughs) Great. So, Doc, my introduction was, of course, very, very brief. Uh, Could you elaborate a little bit more about the different phases of your life and your career?
1: Uh, Yeah, of course I can. Um, Naturally, over that sort of period of time from leaving university to now, sort of now I'm 34, so it's 13 years, it a, there's a lot to cover. But but I think, as I say to lots of people, in that period of time, I made two very big and very important decisions, both of which I stand by as being, you know, true and, and right for me. The first one is to join the army. And the second was to leave the army and do an MBA. Um, in the sort of last 12, 13 years. I've been very privileged and very lucky. You know, for me, the seven years that I'd spent in the regular army and the four years that I'd spent in the reserves beforehand whilst at university, that really created the foundations for who I am today and all of the experiences that I have. A lot of it about leadership, about projects, intercultural relations, uh, working in hostile environments, etc. And you know, I was very privileged to spend time in Nepal, Afghanistan, different parts of Africa uh, and, and within the UK and to work with some very, you know, some fantastic individuals, fantastic leaders and managers and, and people that can just get stuff done. Uh, and you learn from these people. Um, and, you know, uh, for me, the second big decision, when, when, you, leave the, when you, you leave the army, you leave a lot of it behind, but actually you take a lot of it forward. Um, So the fundamentals were there, the building blocks were there. So doing an MBA, you know, it rounded the edges and it started to apply a little bit of polish to to what I already had. Uh, And it also gave me that commercial awareness, it gave me a language, and it gave me that confidence which you need when you're transitioning from one career to another. I think one of the things that I got, which was probably the biggest and most important, which I never realized at the time of contemplating doing an MBA you only realise it once you've completed it is how much of an impact it makes to you as an individual so that personal development and I think in many instances very few people go into an MBA wanting that to happen that's sort of you know a second mm-hmm. or third order effect of doing it but for me, it was one of the most important effects of doing an MBA. You get the commercial awareness, you get the network, et cetera, et cetera. That's a given. The personal development is stuff that, you know, you got to want to happen and is probably the most valuable.
0: Yeah, great. So, so to break down the different phases, um, first of all, you mentioned one of your most um, important decisions was to get into the amb- uh, sorry to get into the army. What inspired you to go into the army in the first place?
1: Uh, I got a I've got a family background with the military. So my dad was in the Royal Air Force. Uh, I had a couple of uncles who were in the army, and you know I just liked the idea of being in a military environment. Not that I, I sort of had much exposure to it as, as a child, because my dad left when I was 10 years old, but the seeds had already been set. And I think when you grow up, you see all the marketing material, you think, you know, it's a way of life, it's not a job, it's excitement. There's the travel, there's the adventure. And you get hooked, you know, you get drawn into that. And that's the that's the thing that just sort of made me tick and was my driving force through school and through university. I always wanted to join the army. Right, right. So.
0: You had some really good time in the army you you of course had opportunities to you know to demonstrate some leadership abilities um as as they say so why did you want to do an mba in the first place um was there a particular reason or you just wanted to hone your skills in a particular area
1: Mm -hmm. um so once i decided to make that difficult decision of leaving the army um which it is a difficult decision you know if you're in a career for a long period of time and you think when you first start, you're gonna be there forever, to then change that decision to leave, and and to leave is difficult. It takes a long time for that to sort of resonate and for you to realize that that is the the right thing for you to do. I wanted to transition, so to go from one career into something else, but I didn't know what that something else was. I just knew that I no longer wanted to be in the army because I'd done everything that I wanted to do,
0: Mm.
1: realistically. Um, So, I like the idea of going back to university to do a master's, Uh, and I was, you know, very privileged during my time in the army. I spent 18 months in Nepal working for the Gurkha Welfare Trust, which is a charity, Um, and that was paid for, you know, my role was military but we support that charity each year with a royal engineer officer building schools across nepal so it's a fantastic job and and because of that i thought international development or international relations would be a great masters and maybe a potential career move uh, on leaving the army but when i spoke to people that had done similar degrees in the past or people that had left the army just to go back to university etc I kind of got a trend uh, with the conversations that I was having and they were saying, you're going to go back to university probably once, make sure it counts. (laughs) Uh, And the thing that gives you the broadest network, the thing that gives you probably the broadest of opportunities is an MBA. Uh, And after a bit of time and research, I realized that an MBA was more valuable to me Uh, And my future. So that's the reason why I decided to do the MBA. Yeah, fair enough Uh, Let's
0: talk about your 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 time period in Nepal Um, Is that something that you have been thinking about or planning or is that something that just happened to be?
1: Yeah, it just happened. So every Every year and a half two years in the army you have to move you sort of move roles uh, and you get a list that comes round with all the jobs that are available. And you kind of rank them in the order that you would like to do them. Um, and this job came up. I put it down and I was very fortunate to get it. So, yeah, it was, I was just by pure luck. Uh, but because I was out there for 18 months, I was very, again, very privileged. I did three months on the language course and then spent 15 months uh, running the school cell, the the project cell, which was It's a team of 10 people, locals, including myself. And I I managed to get out to some of the more remote parts of Nepal, which, you know, tourism doesn't exist. Uh, Subsequently, I've been back to Nepal a number of times, you know, for, you know, the Great Himalaya Trail was was one of the big ones. I went back just after the earthquake in 2015 to make some documentaries to help Mm -hmm. promote tourism, because obviously tourism is, is one of the big revenue generators um, for the country, and then more recently last year, I went to an area I hadn't been before, quite a difficult place to get to, called Dolpo, and I did some, you know, remote trekking there as well. Again, trying to help promote, to- oops, help promote tourism.
0: I see, I see, I see. So first you did um, the trekking, uh, the Himalaya Trail, and then I guess you were chosen as a Britain's goodwill ambassador, which which That's brought you right, back to yeah. Nepal. Mm-hmm. I yeah, see. I see. that. That's really inspiring. Is that, is that what your website, com is all about?
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, it gives a little bit of background about me and then sort of focuses the efforts really on the films, why we made them. And, and what we've tried to capture, and I hope that we have, is around the people that are there, you know. Sometimes we're very were very led by certain topics in news. And you know, at the time of the earthquake, it was all about, you know, the damage to Nepal, the deaths, the injured, the damage to the infrastructure, et cetera, et cetera. But actually there was only around, I think between 11 or 14 districts out of around 70 that were affected. And there were some parts of the Nepal that didn't even realize an earthquake had taken place. So it just goes to show that it was isolated. Uh, but as a result of mass media attention and, and rightfully so, uh, but if not put into perspective, you can assume that the whole of the country was devastated and therefore no one should go because it's not safe. Uh, so we just tried to sort of put some of our own perspectives through local voices on uh, on that topic
0: nice nice that that was a part that was really inspiring and for anyone listening to this go check out return to com, where you will be able to see more about these um this topic in detail great um so did you do your mba after this then or did you do it before this
1: uh so i did my mba straight after um i completed my great himalaya trail
0: yeah yeah great
1: so that was a nice little um stepping stone between military then into education again and that that was planned yeah because i think for anybody who's looking at doing an mba or any further studies or a change of career create a window between what you're doing now to what you want to do next you know and do something that you probably wouldn't ordinarily have the opportunity or the time to do because it allows you you know it, to look forward to something and it gives you time to think when you're away so i'd highly recommend creating that time
0: yeah yeah you you are so right i i looking back i wish i would have done this consciously i did not do it <laughs> uh and and while you're trying to get into mba i mean you're you're in the excitement of going and you know starting a new phase of your career but Within a few months, I was washed out already. I I was tired. (laughs) Uh, Probably this window is something that could have helped.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. It's hard work. An MBA is is hard work. I found it particularly challenging. You know, you're learning a new language. You know, um, it's, you know, anything that we did from finance through to, you know, elements of strategy. Some of the stuff I've not been exposed to. Uh, certainly, from a language perspective. So, I, d- I did find it very challenging, very rewarding, but it is hard work. So, definitely make sure that you're nice and relaxed, um, and in a good position to start. You don't want to start an MBA stressed or nervous or tired. You, you know, you want to start with a spring in your step.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So, that, that's that's great. So, once you did get into MBA. Did you have an idea about what kind of career you want to go on to? Or did you keep your doors open and just you know, absorb everything that was coming your way?
1: Yeah, I went on the latter. Um, it, I, I'll be honest with you. I, in my plan that I had when I was deciding to leave the Army, I thought that doing the MBA would be the silver bullet for transitioning. It helps the transition. But it isn't a silver bullet, um, and what I mean by that is, just because you have an MBA doesn't mean to say that things come your way. Lots of people have MBAs. Um, lots of very good people have MBAs. So it's a tough market anyway, the job market now. So you still have to, you know, have a good idea of what you would like to do. You still have to create a network in order for you to get access to the right people uh, and to consider the jobs which are potentially right for you or to go and explore the jobs which you think might be right for you. So my, my, my advice is that this is what I didn't do, and I probably paid the price for it in the short term, um, I wasn't very proactive in going out there looking for a job. I was too focused on the here and the now in the classroom. Some of my colleagues were very good, you know, they would they would allocate, you know, an hour every night or an hour every other night and research jobs. But they knew roughly what sector, what kind of role they wanted to go into. And, you know, unsurprisingly, these are the guys which are getting jobs a month, two months, three months before they finish their programme. Whereas I sort of finished the programme, had nothing, um, which was fine, you know. I was I was fairly comfortable with that, um, but again, not particularly proactive.
0: Yeah, that that's that's a really good point, and that's something that keeps coming back, uh, even in the previous interviews um, I've done with people who've done MBA. I don't know how Cranfield is. Was it a one-year course or a two-year course?
1: Uh, Cranfield was a one-year course.
0: Cranfield's a one-year course, and same was Imperial where I did, and you know in it's it's really hard and and I'm completely with you and um, you know there are some people who come really focused and dedicated and prepared with the mindset that they start looking for jobs from day one um, they, they hit the ground running on the other hand I also did not go in with that particular mindset um, that's because it was a completely new opportunity for me so I just let myself lose a little bit (laughs) Um, and that's something even I had to pay at at some point of time and I I wish sometimes universities would also do um, a better job at being proactive about it but yeah I think it's about the learning curve
1: (laughs) yeah it is there's nothing wrong with that though so long as people are aware of it it's like everything in life you know is there such a good you know is there such thing as a good or bad decision or just a decision you make and you get on with it um, I think you know that some people focused really heavily on getting a job and you know they were getting disappointed when they weren't getting a job early and as a result I think they missed out on some of the once-in-a-lifetime opportunities that an MBA has to offer. So it is striking the balance between the two because you can have a lot of fun on an MBA. You know a lot of travel, meet lots of people, get involved in competitions, get involved in sporting events. Um, conferences etc all of which I highly recommend um, and, but it comes at a cost t- to something yeah um, so it's just, just finding the balance
0: yeah it's like absolutely everything, absolutely absolutely right is, is that why you've gone back to Cranfield is that why you've gone back to uh, the education space to try and make a difference on on that aspect as well
1: uh, no not really if again if I'm, if I'm i've got no nothing to hide this is kind of by pure accident that I'm still here um and that what I mean by that is so when i when I finished my mba I didn't have a job to go into um, the pro vice chancellor for education here at Cranfield had just been put into post and was developing a new strategy for the university and wanted some mba's to look at some projects for her to make some strategic decisions in i was one of those people i did my three-month contract she liked it she offered me another one i did that you know i was planning some other stuff in the background for my own sort of personal things like travel and adventure and before you know it a year has passed and Mm -hmm. you kind of like well it's Money's okay, there's great freedom, it's not military, so it's something on the CV that is different, it's new. I like the people, I'm expanding my network, I got loads of flexibility, you know, life's good. I was allowed to go back to Nepal to do my films, which, you know, if I was in a corporate job, that would never have happened. Mm -hmm. And then I said to myself, after after four projects, all of which have been delivered, so that's kinda cool, rather than just doing a project, and then the report sitting on someone's shelf getting dusty. Yeah. It's all being delivered, which is cool, which is nice, especially when you're passionate about an organization that you belong to. Uh, and then, basically, the, the department I work in now, which is the Centre for uh, Customised Executive Development, so just think B2B Education and Development. Mm. That's what we do within the, the School of Management. My boss taught me economics on mm. my MBA. Got on with him really well, and he basically said, I've got a job going. Would you like to apply for it? I liked him. The job I liked, you know, it's kind of pseudo-consulting. It fits between academia and consulting. Uh, Loads of travel. You can make a difference within an organization. You get to see lots of different organizations very quickly. So all of these things you hear about and you talk about on an MBA, strategy, culture, approach the challenges the environmental challenges political challenges etc you see pretty much day to day so it's kind of cool you know you think one minute you were reading about this in the textbook the next this is real life and it's happening and what can you do to help these people overcome these challenges so yeah fell into it purely by accident nice and yeah and i enjoy it yeah great that
0: that's 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 really nice so so what 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 does your typical day look like? What, what, what does an executive development director do?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. Um, we kind of define our own roles, really. It sounds really strange. Yesterday, I, I was preparing for a pitch to a client in the morning. Midday to the afternoon, I was at a client site with a colleague pitching for a, you know, a senior development program uh, for a UK board. So that was yesterday. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was in Saudi Arabia delivering a, well, overseeing the delivery of our first uh, executive leadership programme in Medina, in Saudi Arabia, in Arabic. So we were the first European mm. university to deliver these kinds of thing, these types of things in Arabic. So I was there for a week, and then I went to Qatar to deliver a pitch with a colleague, and then over to the UAE for some client meetings, it's it's varied, you know, in a month's time I I go to Saudi Arabia to teach on a program, um, setting up partnerships with some organizations that are interested in it, or it could just be, you know, some internal projects that we've got going, either business development or just my own personal development, maintaining links across the university, etc., etc., so it's, it's really varied. Wow, that sounds really
0: interesting. I mean, I had no idea that um, it could be that varied. And so basically, this has got very little to do with the day-to-day education at Cranfield, but rather to do with education within businesses, if I'm understanding correctly.
1: Exactly. So, and the, but the people that we deliver on these programs predominantly are Cranfield faculty.
0: I see. I see. So it's the same faculty or, uh, and maybe the same support team. Like like in this case, you're the support team to, to make that happen. Uh, but the yes, audience. I'm,
1: I'm... Yeah. Exactly. The audience will change. So it, you, you, hmm. you think key account management, you think, um, yeah, basically it's kind of a key account management design development, overseeing. You're the red thread. If anything goes wrong, you're aware of it and you you, you make it work you're the client interface you're the academic interface so yeah it, it's it's really varied
0: nice excellent that that sounds really good how much of your MBA do you think contributed to your role right now
1: I couldn't have got it if I didn't have it <laughs> is, is it because of the
0: connection to the network or is it because of the let's say this wasn't um, yeah. you know, what 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 specifically do you think helps the most
1: well, it's the language, it's the knowledge. It's mm-hmm. For me, it was, you know, it was twofold. One, it's the knowledge that comes with an MBA, so you can have those sort of very sensible conversations with clients of all different levels, up to sort of CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is just knowing the faculty inside the university. You know, I can knock on any of the professor's doors, not just in the School of Management, but in energy, in aerospace, in environment, in water, or wherever. Uh, and, you know, sit down and say, right, we've got this thing coming through. Can you help? And it, we're, we're quite an informal university, which is one of the reasons why I like working here. And people are always willing to help. Um, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, fair enough. So, actually, go back to the question I had in mind, why, why Cranfield?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it was the right fit. Uh, and I always caveat this. To anybody who asks me why which university I should go to and I always turn around and say look it's a lot of money you know probably as an average it's I don't know 50,000 pounds yeah. a sort of as an average and that's not in not even considering probably cost of living all of the additional expenses that could come from doing an MBA such as you know sailing or holidays or sporting events or conferences or whatever that might be yeah um, and I would never tell anyone where to buy a house or a flat, you know, so I would never tell anybody where to go to do an MBA because it's a huge investment. Mm. You've got to, for me, I, I went to different universities. Uh, some universities I, I, you know, I discounted, you know, for geographical reasons. Uh, and some I discounted cause I didn't have a connection with them. You know, you just didn't feel like it was home when you went to see them. And for Cranfield I, I came here, I came on a visit day, on an open day, enjoyed the people that I was surrounded by, I really enjoyed listening and getting involved with the faculty. And what, I, what was really useful and informative and reassuring for me is that the admissions team put me in touch with about three or four alumni with a similar background to me. Mm-hmm. And I could then have a real conversation with these guys about you know the sort of, the sort of conversation the sort of questions you have that you wouldn't bring up on an open day, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. so so was your consideration always to come back um, to the UK to do an MBA because I guess with your background, your experience, the world is an oyster. you, you could have gone anywhere, right?
1: Yeah, I could have done. Um, but I kind of applied my own time pressures. And I was when I basically when I was leaving the army, I was in Afghanistan at the time. Um, So that Mm -hmm. reduced significantly the amount of time that I had to go and look at other, uh, you know, look at other countries. Um, I was also in a relationship at the time, and you know, my partner was, my girlfriend was in the UK. So the UK just made sense.
0: Yeah yeah fair enough now no specifically you mentioned what helps like how an mba really helps in in having the conversations or you know being on the same wavelength as some important people that you talk to uh, how about at cranfield is there something specific at cranfield that you really liked uh, while you were doing the course and something that you would highly advise or suggest other people to consider
1: uh or oh, sorry are we talking content or
0: anything anything during your time at cranfield is is there something that sets cranfield apart that's something you discovered during your course
1: yeah uh, i think it goes back to my opening my opening um pitch around you know what i got from an mba and the things that you get without realizing until you finished sort of those the hidden things um i w- i would say cranfield and i'm biased so <laughs> anyone who's listening this just has to take this uh, in the context context that it is that I did an MBA here and I still work here, however, the, the delivery around organizational behavior and personal leadership and personal development for me was exceptional. And I can say this with my hand on my heart, having spent a year at Sanders, which is one of the finest leadership military academies in the world. Uh, And the reason for this is because the faculty that deliver on it, they really push you hard. When we find, when I find myself working in organizations now, we find that the most beneficial things that people can do is have things such as challenging conversations to really identify the root cause of problems and it's that classic adage of how do you understand others if you don't understand yourself and i think that is for me one of the key benefits of the cranfield mba you know if you were to put cranfield mba brackets eq focused mm-hmm. then you know that would that would kind of summarize it
0: nice nice that that's really out, good
1: pop out the other end so well aware of your own strengths and your own areas for development it's untrue and you know you're forced to go through this with other people that you wouldn't ordinarily meet you definitely wouldn't ordinarily work with them but you have to go on this little journey together and there's highs and lows and there's people which do not like it because it's really starting to tap into questions tap into emotions that people would never you know expose themselves to they're guarded some people come on an MBA as i said before to basically get a qualification get an opportunity to work in a different market in a different country and to get some tools and techniques which they can then go and hopefully get a better paid job at the end of it what they don't realize is that there's a lot of stuff that you that you will you know feel emotionally on this journey, which is actually the most beneficial thing that they will ever experience in their life. Because at the end of the day, you know, let's be honest, with the power of Google, you could probably Google the content of the majority of MBAs around the world where you buy the books, you know, the reading yeah. list always online. But what do you do with that knowledge? This is not a knowledge transfer. This is a developmental process where, you know, you're challenging each other to look at things through different lenses and different perspectives, whether it be the developed world or the developing world or, you know, whatever it might be. And people don't like being challenged. And this is a safe environment to challenge people and to challenge each other and, hopefully, to challenge your own theories and beliefs. And it's hard, it is is very, very hard. But it's worth it. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's
0: that's probably the first time I'm hearing that perspective on, you know, emotional intelligence or EQ. Uh, that's that's been brought up in the discussions. Now, do do you think Cranfield actually makes a conscious effort of, you know, this? This particular aspect, while interviewing candidates or applicants who are applying for the MBA program, Uh, do you think that's something that's a key part of the culture that you just come in and you just you just have to adopt that? Where where do you think, if you do know the answer?
1: (laughs) That's a good point. I'm just the reason why I've gone quiet for a little bit is I'm trying to think about my own interview process. If I'm if I'm being brutally honest, I don't think we we I don't think it's highlighted enough. I think it's one of the things that they take kind of for granted as part of the MBA. Uh, but if I was the people running it, you know, I would be flying this flag very very high, saying yeah. that this is something that we offer. We are very very good at it. In two thousand, like a year or so ago, uh, in the Financial Times, MBA. Break down when they break it down for different elements. Uh, they they ranked number one for organisational behaviour. And there's mm. that's, that's completely understandable as to why they were
0: yeah i think i think that's a strong indication but yes i mean something on eq and emotional intelligence i think it's it's a really interesting perspective because there are mba schools who are very proud of you know entrepreneurship out there there are mba schools who are proud of banking investment um of venture capital or you know consulting i think if this is a key criteria then that's really interesting to highlight that as well
1: yeah because a lot comes from eq I mean we do quite a bit around purpose, and purpose is becoming, you know, quite a popular thing as well. You know, you can. There's lots of articles now in different journals and uh, news sites, etc., with a business focus that they would say EQ versus IQ, and it always pops out that they would rather employ somebody, typically, not always, but typically, uh, with a better EQ score than than yeah. the IQ. Why? Because you know, if you don't get on with people. You're going to you know you're not going to be very good for the organization but if you can work as a team we all understand the idea of synergy and teamwork versus individual effort and that means something and people are starting to really uh, really understand that
0: yeah fair fair point uh next point what i had was you know on the other side of the coin do you have any regrets um out of your time during your mba or or maybe not a strong word as regrets but any Key improvement, learning points that you you wish you had known earlier on.
1: Yeah, I think I think you always look back with rose-tinted spectacles, and you think, oh, if I had my time again, I would do this, I would do this. So yeah, it's it's natural. Big regrets, no. Uh, things that I would probably tweak next time or advise other people to, yes. Uh, my advice to myself if I was doing this again would be to create more space to go and do things outside of Cranfield. You know, I did. I went to a couple of conferences. I went on the, you know, the, the Cranfield Regatta. I went to MBAT. Uh, we have our own Burns Night with London Business School, etc. And they're great. You know, they're all great fun. But there's more to do. Um, and I, I would probably – I didn't enter any competitions, actually. My friends did. I, I just mm. – didn't make the space for it and I think if you can take part in things where you start to apply the knowledge learnt on the MBA that's real learning because it, it's, it's sort of heading into a bit more live reality it's still a very safe environment for you to learn and to apply and to be critiqued uh, and to develop from um, I did some internal competitions but I didn't do any external
0: yeah competitions are really a really interesting topic because i've had this discussion with plenty of you know friends and colleagues over many years now do you think entering competitions is almost becoming like a stamp of approval for for mba students that they just the fact that they enter competitions makes them feel it helps them in their job search rather than entering competitions for the sole purpose of learning and contributing it's controversial what's your take on that
1: Um, Yeah, maybe, but I don't know whether there's... I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, so long as people do still take part in competitions. I mean, that's the most important thing. Um, It's kind of like, you know, if if the benchmark is you have an MBA, it's like having a degree. What else have you got other than, you know, the baseline? And I think things like competitions help. You know, if you can turn around in your you know first job interview in whatever and you say that actually i've got my mba you know that's the, that's the order qualifier yeah. these are the order winners i did this private equity competition i did this social entrepreneurship competition and this is what i've learned and this is how we performed this is what i would do next time based on the lessons that i've learned on the competition and subsequently then yeah i sure. i think that's really when you can start to be you know, starting to separate yourself from everyone else who has just sort of gone through this process of of, of getting an MBA.
0: Yeah, so true.
1: Whether you do it for personal reasons or whether you do it just to get a job, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't, I don't think it matters. So long as people take part, and you know, they take part um, effectively as they, you know, for the, for the right reasons. That's it.
0: True, very true. I think I think what's really becoming popular now based on some current students i talked to is um starting side projects and you know starting side businesses and creating mvps and creating you know small versions of an idea which is, which is also pretty pretty cool and pretty pretty good because it shows a certain amount of proactiveness on the commercial and uh, and and the innovation side as well that's really interesting what i'm seeing in today's world
1: <laughs> yeah no I, I think it's great that people can do this you know, it, it goes back to what are you interested in? What are you passionate about? And what else can you do in addition to the MBA? How can you apply it? Because we all know that that's when you get the real learning from things is when you start to apply it in your context.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, Doc, I know you were short on time to begin with. How much time do you have? Uh, i got a few more minutes. Okay, great. I'll just I'll just try and wind it up quickly. Um what are some of your top career tips for those considering to do MBA?
1: Ooh, career tips as in what what to think about when they're choosing an MBA or what to think about for a career once they've got one?
0: I guess a little bit of both. Um, so what, what kind of things do they need to consider before doing the MBA and while doing the MBA and, and even after doing the MBA? I know it's a very open question, but...
1: Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Um before going, it's a lot of money. It's time out of work. you know some people do it and they've got families so they've got you know big decisions and big financial pressures. Is it worth it? For me the answer was yes and still is yes. Um, I would speak to as many people as you can. it costs nothing. Um, meet as many alumni from the universities that you're looking at because they themselves are representative of the process that you will go through. And whether you like it or not, you know, it's a club that you are joining and it's important that you like the people that you're going to be surrounded with or the people that you can connect with thereafter. If that's not open or accessible to you, then I would consider whether or not that is the right organization, you know, because there's a lot of money to spend mm-hmm. and it's a lot of money for a reason, you know, because it's, you get, you gain value during the program, you gain a significant amount of value once you've left because of that. Network. I would go and visit them personally, you know, websites, one thing, a Skype is another, but it's a feeling, you know, it's a gut feeling when you walk through the door, how do you feel? Are you, do you want to be part of this community, this family? What are the academics like? Are the academics the type that you can get hold of? Are they the type of people that you can knock on their door when you're really struggling with something and have half an hour of their time? Or is it just going to be a model where you can only email the people because they're never around or they don't actually belong at the university? You know, they fly in, they fly out. For me, that was very important, that I needed to have that feeling of being comfortable where I where I was going to study. The people that were going to be delivering to me, I had to be able to connect with them. And I had to, uh, to ensure that if I had a problem, I could go and knock on the door and take 30 minutes of their time without them thinking, who is this person wasting my time?
0: great great um the next question uh, is it's just you know what are some of your top application tips for mba and for grand specifically
1: application tips all oh, right for when writing for applications yeah
0: someone who's making um, an application for grand or you know for mba
1: yeah again you can speak to the alumni see what see what top tips the alumni guys have uh, have got from these different organisations. I, I did a couple of different applications. They were both different, but both similar. If you kind of get what I mean. I actually um, went on an application course with Kaplan.
0: Hmm, okay.
1: And found, and found it very useful, primarily because I'd done. I was on it against the time pressure, so I kind of threw a bit of money at the problem and went for a morning session about MBA applications, and I actually found it very useful. But my baseline was very low. Um, so some people may not find it useful. But for me, I, I found it very beneficial. And again, go and speak to people. Hmm. Go and have a look. Yeah. Because a year is a very long time. Also consider, you know, if part time MBA, the executives, is that an option for you to do?
0: Good point. Good point. So, so don't why- really
1: Pigeonhole yourself into a full time, maybe a, a part time mba is is more suitable given certain circumstances
0: did you ever consider part time for yourself
1: no cuz it was always in the plan to yeah um transition get the mba and then move into a, another career at the end of it yeah fair enough
0: but yeah a really good point i think i think a central theme of everything you're saying is talk to people and and talk to as many people as you can, and and you're absolutely right, it's it's cheap, it's cheaper, as compared to making mistakes of your own.
1: Yeah, I mean, rankings are great, you know, they're an indicator, but they're not everything, and, you know, I'm no expert on rankings, (coughs) excuse me, but, you know, You can read the FT, and they'll give you something different to Forbes, that'll give you something different to The Economist, etc., etc. Why? Because they all have different metrics. So take rankings with a little bit of a pinch of salt, have them as a guide, but then use that guide as an opportunity to go and speak to people.
0: Perfect. Doc, this has been extremely helpful. Thanks a lot. Um, Just a last point before before I let you go how can the audience find out more about you and how how can they get in touch with you
1: oh uh, i'm on linkedin if anyone's got any uh, questions probably the easiest thing to be honest with you just doc McCurr. um yeah or well, through my website uh, yeah at return, uh, return to com. so yeah i mean, i'm happy to field any questions that anyone may have or sort of act as a, a bit of a broker with other people either at cranfield or, you know, potentially with friends of mine who have done MBAs at different uh, institutions.
0: Perfect. Thank you. Thanks a lot for taking out this time out of your day, Doc. Thank you. No problems. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for listening to The MBA Jam. Now it's time for you to take action. Head over to TheMBAJam.com to listen to more episodes and discover great resources.